sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid. I'm Dane Martinez. I got my main man, Kevin Walsh, with me live and direct from the basement. Kev, we got to turn our attention to Major League Baseball. Tomorrow is opening day, okay? Like, I, I mean, can you imagine? We've waited like four months for this, literally. When the pandemic happened, we were starting into spring training. We did our team-by-team previews, Kev. We looked at all the values, and we get to apply it now. I got to tell you, though, something. one thing as a Yankees fan I've been a little bit pissed off about for this season and the fact that there'll be no fans is that the Houston Astros and their cheating scandal has sort of been pushed to the bottom, right? Has sort of been removed from the headlines because of things like COVID-19, things like the protests in this country, right? It's sort of been on the back burner. They played the Kansas City Royals yesterday. And as you know, Kev, the Kansas City Royals are in the Central Division. The Astros are in the West. The Royals will have no other chance to play the Astros except this season, except for last night. So what do they do? On consecutive at-bats, they drill Altuve and Springer. I think Bregman got drilled as, well, interesting. The Royals saw no other opportunity than this meaningless exhibition game. You think that was uh, strategic for them to get their pound of flesh, Kev? Honestly, no. Now, maybe the, I'm naive here, but the bases were loaded. And Doesn't matter. Al Tuve. Yeah, I know, but like, and listen, then maybe, like, that's the thing. That's why maybe, like, it would have worked for them, right? Because it's hard to be like, you meant it. Like, dude, the bases are loaded. I'm bringing runs here, back to back. But like, perfect. But I got to say, I mean, they were both kind of soft. Like, like they, it's not like like either guy really got nailed by the pitch. Like, you know, I'm just I don't think it was on purpose. Um, if it was, Jorge Lopez, who was on the mound, is a wild man. And like, I'd love to know what the conversation in the clubhouse was like, dude. Like, really, with the bases juice, he's like, ah, oh, they never saw it coming. And be like, you barely <laughs> got him. Like, yeah, but you know, it's it's what it is. I I I don't know. I don't think it's real. I don't, or I, at least I don't think it was intentional. The bases were loaded. I'd be wild. Yeah, but remember, the result of this game does not matter. So the idea that the bases were loaded and it would bring in a run doesn't mean that. If I was the Royals and I was pissed off, remember, there were a few specific games where the Royals did fall prey to this. There were a few Royals pitchers that got sent down to the minors or ended their career because the Astros made them look bad. So, you know, I definitely think it is possible. And what other chance to do it, especially if you're the Royals, you're not going to see this team the rest of the season. So you had no other chance but then to do that. Do you think, though, Kev, this is going to happen once we hit real games? Do you think these guys, Altuve, Bregman, specifically, who have been out there in front, you think they're going to need to have a quick feet in the box? I still think so. I I think it's – I think – it's likely. I mean, look, if people are willing to do it when the bases are loaded. 
and they're going to be willing to do it. I'll tell you this, though. I learned this about myself uh, last night during a, a fantasy baseball draft. I have absolutely no shame. Jose Altuve was falling, and I was like, all right, you know what? Forget the rest of you. I'm taking him. I took him in round <laughs> seven, and I'm like, I just wow. – this is ridiculous. Like, Jose Altuve should not be on the board. Ah, I don't like him, but I got to take him. All right, fair enough. And by the way, we welcome in our radio audience around the country right now. Welcome to hour number two of the early line right here, Dane Martinez. And of course, Kevin Walsh live and direct from the basement. The Kansas City Royals, who drilled some Astros yesterday, they play uh, in their final tune-up, final tune-up for pretty much everybody as opening day is tomorrow. They play the Cardinals, you know, kind of in that, you know, uh, Missouri battle, shall we say. And Kev, with the Cardinals, we have a piece of news that I want to talk about. You know, Carlos Martinez is a pitcher for them who spent some time in their rotation, some time as well in their bullpen last season. Managers come on out and say Martinez will be in the rotation. Now, you may ask, well, who does that leave as the closer? Because Kevin, as you know, Jordan Hicks, their young fireballer, has opted out of the 2020 season, right? So you think they may be a little bit thin there at the back end of the bullpen for the cards, but it's going to be the new signing um Kwang Young Kim okay from Korea he was in the KBO so I wanted to bring this up because I know you were following the KBO setting your alarm for this um <laughs> Kwang Young Kim signed a two-year deal for eight million dollars with the cards in the offseason okay last year with the SK Warvins I hope I pronounced that right you remember them the KBO he had a 251 ERA 180 strikeouts and only 190 innings only 38 walks. That is a good ratio. You see the power numbers there for pitching. He is going to be the Cardinals' closer. The Cardinals, one of those teams in the NL Central that are really packed together uh, in that division race. Yeah, and I think we might see for a team like the Cardinals, I think a lot of teams, they're going to go closer by committee because they're not going to be available all of the time as it is. So I think they're going to try and, and mix and match and Pick the spots where this makes sense. I think the bigger deal is Carlos Martinez being a part of that rotation because there was some, you know, it was up in the air as to whether he would be or not, but he wanted to be. And, you know, Martinez, a couple years back, I mean, I remember he was, you know, he was a guy people, a lot of people were excited about, about what yep. he could be for this Cardinals baseball team. We talked a lot about the NL Central. And I think maybe we came away saying it might have been the most interesting division in baseball because of how tight everything is with those four teams when you include Cubs, Reds, Cardinals, and Brewers. You know, a guy like Carlos Martinez can be a difference maker, no doubt about it. Yeah, absolutely. We talked about that as we previewed the divisions, the Mental and the Central. I personally am on the Upstar Reds, but we'll talk more about some things that will be new in Major League Football this year when we come back right here. Early line. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Hey, welcome back in, everybody, to the early line right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge. That's what we do. Kev, it is the last day 
Opening day is tomorrow. We've gone through a lot of back and forth, a lot of financial strife here with the players and the owners, a lot of logistical strife with the players and the owners, a lot of testing details. Remember what Chris Bryant was saying about processing that and, you know, all sorts of issues. But we are on the precipice of baseball, and I am excited. But it's going to look a little bit different, Kev. You know, one of the things they talked about was they're going to have a lot more camera angles, a lot more microphones there for the viewing experience now that there is no fans. But it's going to look a little bit different to the viewer as well, Kev, because this year there's going to be on-field advertising. There's going to be billboards up. And teams will be able to even, like, project or superimpose them. If you see in the MLS tournament, right, they got this, like, projected virtual green screen scoreboard up to put the fans and their kind of reactions in Major League Baseball. They're going to do that as well to have some advertisements. They're going to even use the back of the mound, Kev, and I think this is just one way for Major League Baseball to recoup some of that lost revenue. Remember, we're all sharing the pain these days. Yeah, good, good thing I was sitting down. So, so you mean to tell me that the owners were able to find ways to create revenue? What do you know? What do you wow. know? Wow, that is so wild. Who could have seen this coming? It's ridiculous, man. It's so ridiculous. It's a, it's a, it's a no-brainer, of course. Like, I have no issues with advertisements being all over the place in the stadium. I, I don't love advertisements all over jerseys. That, to me, it's just, uh, yeah. I, I don't, I'm not into that it. In the, it. Also, what do you think in the NBA? Like, I think the Clippers are literally so small. like humble, you know, but they mm -hmm. are, they're in the NBA, they're in minor league baseball. Obviously, NASCAR has been doing this for a while, yeah, right? Of course. All of that. What do, you, what do you think about that in general? Fair, not fair? I think about, like, the New York Yankees and this, like, you know, mystical, storied logo and uniform. And they have, like, a little Nike swish or the jump man on it. But do you think it, it ruins the mystique and the aura of some of these, you know, the way we used to think it was, whether it's on jerseys or on the walls or what have you? Yeah, I mean, Yankees fans are hilarious, right? Like, <laughs> and I'm saying this as a Yankee fan, but, like, Yankees fans are out of their minds. They're like, no, oh, they've ruined the jersey. There's a Nike logo. But like, dude, relax. Like, come on. What are we doing here? And, and now, again, I don't think you want, like, these jerseys to look like full NASCAR, like, get-ups, right? But, like, these things do even become normal. Like, it's actually kind of funny. I, I've mentioned a couple of times on here, like, a Manchester United jersey I bought, right? And the other day, my mom was like, oh, um, I like this, that Chevrolet jersey you bought. Like my Chevrolet jersey, what are you talking about? But it's the big Chevy logo on it because that's you know what who backs for that spot, and it becomes a bit normalized. Like even those little like advertisements that exist on the NBA jerseys, they've become pretty normalized. They're they're and they're not over the top, right? And they've found ways to like have them blend in pretty nicely. Like the GE on the Celtics jerseys, it's like you barely even notice it's there. The Harley Davidson on the Bucks jersey just feels normal now so there's really like you can find ways and again like that's what's going to happen like th these owners mm -hmm. are billionaires for a reason they know how to make money there was always going to be ways for them to recoup money we wasted so much time on them trying to create to keep this because but think about this Dane, right had they got their way and kept the same profit margin which is by the way what their goal was not sharing the pain it yeah, was putting all of the pain on the players they actually then would have increased profit margin if they then would have been able to get all these advertisement deals done. It's just yeah, ridiculous, I mean, man. It's so ridiculous. 
always comes down to money, but they will be trying to mitigate some of the losses. So you'll see some signs. I think they need to have gap ads in left center and right center field. They used to have that in San Francisco. <laughs> you know, and I always thought that would happen. They used to do that in San Francisco, I believe. And I did want to mention San Francisco because the other huge story in this country, right, in 2020, besides the coronavirus caused the pause in sports, is obviously the kind of um, the civil unrest, the protests, the things that have been going on. And one of those protests is obviously a peaceful protest in terms of kneeling during the national anthem across sports, obviously started by San Francisco 49er Colin Kaepernick. And we've seen that now start across Major League Baseball. In MLS, everyone is doing it in unison at the beginning of games. During the national anthem in some of these summer camp exhibition games, we are seeing this. Members of the San Francisco Giants, including manager Gabe Kepler, kneeled during the anthem. Yesterday, some members of the Cincinnati Reds kneeled during the anthem. We are seeing how every sport is going to handle this. I'm wondering how baseball, as they wax poetic with nostalgia for the good old days, I wonder how baseball is going to treat this issue, Kev. But we're starting to see it. Teams and players, they're taking a knee. Yeah, and I think it is, you know, it was a little bit surprising when I saw it because baseball seemed so far removed from these issues. But these players have, they've stepped up and they keep it in the front of your mind. We've talked about this a bit, Dane. And the NBA was kind of saying like, oh, would our return pull away from the conversation or could it add to the conversation? And again, listen, these issues are far from solved, right? But I think it's fair to say, and again, it is the nature of the world. The conversation around these things, it is not at the same height that it was at. Right. And that, and I think that's fair to say. But these minor gestures serve as a reminder, in my opinion, as to what people are working towards, what the end goal is. And it's such a minor thing. Right. And yes, there are going to be people who lose their mind over it, refuse to accept it for what it is, try and paint it as something that it's absolutely right. not. And they're acting in bad faith whenever they do that. But. For those that understand the message, it is a reminder to keep pushing forward. And it also is something, Dane, that can help serve as a conversation starter because maybe somebody doesn't understand what's really being said. And maybe it can create some conversation that then can lead to some positive change. Yeah, absolutely, Kevin. I agree with you, right? Uh, part of any protest, right, is to raise awareness and to keep it front of mind. And so, you know, baseball teams are going to start to talk about this as well. Other teams are having discussions on how they will treat this issue. I know the Yankees have discussed on if they're going to do any kind of team-wide social uh, impact, kind of act as a team. So this will be top of mind to continue the conversation, and baseball players will have it. I do want to give a shout-out to the San Francisco Giants for another reason. Not only is Kapler and some of them kneeling, but I don't know if you saw this uh, earlier this week. Um, they made history in a different way. Uh, Alyssa Nacken, okay, coached first base for the San Francisco Giants. I believe it was on Monday at the end of their summer camp exhibition game. And why is this important? Because as a female, Alyssa made history. She is the first woman in Major League Baseball history to coach on the field and be the first base coach. She's been with this team for a little while, going from an intern all the way up to the coaching staff. Um, so Alyssa Nacken makes MLB history 
San Francisco kneeling, also having women be coaches. It seems like they may be one of the more woke teams here in Major League Baseball. But we tip our cap, Alyssa Nacken, first female base coach in MLB history. It's, it's awesome to see, especially somewhat on the heels of the news surrounding the Washington football team, because, yeah. um, you know, that was a story there that showed how difficult it can be for women in sports to sure. find their footing, to be treated as equals. And these are the type of things that you're going to want to see to help, you know, normalize it and, and, and let people kind of come to terms with the fact that women have as, and of course they do, as much of a place in sports as men. Like, it sounds so obvious as I say it, but that is an idea that I know is lost on people. And hopefully um, things such as Alyssa Nacken being uh, on the first baseline can help people understand that better. Yeah, absolutely. So here at the early line, we tip our cap to the San Francisco Giants. We got to get action on the field, Kev. And when we come back, our partners and friends at FanDuel have put out a market about Special bets for this season. We know we have talked about the unique nature of this season. It's going to create some interesting stats, and we're going to make money off of it when we come back here on the early line. But until then, we check in on the news update once again with our guy, Dan Stratton. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. In Major League Baseball, the start of the Major League season is coming this weekend, and the Toronto Blue Jays have found a new home. Hazel May of MLB Network reporting that the Blue Jays have been told they'll play their home games at PNC Park in Pittsburgh in 2020. The Blue Jays will not be able to play in Toronto after the city ruled the MLB games would not be allowed in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. In some exhibition scores from Tuesday night, the Houston Astros beat up on the Kansas City Royals 15-6. Was the Washington Nationals beating Baltimore 6-4 in eight innings. Cincinnati beat Detroit 9-7. Atlanta topped Miami 10-9. Toronto beat Boston 8-6. J.D. Martinez did have a homer in that one for the Boston Red Sox. And the Dodgers beat the Angels 6-4. Albert Pujols had a homer in the seventh in for the losing Angels. In the NBA, Clippers guard Patrick Beverly left Orlando on Tuesday night to address an emergency personal matter and he intends to rejoin the team in the future. That's according to league sources over at ESPN.com. The already shorthanded Clippers now lose Beverly from Orlando. Matrezel Harrell had an excused absence for a family emergency. If Beverly continues to be tested regularly while he's away and return negative results, he will have to quarantine for four days when he returns to the NBA's campus near Orlando. If he isn't tested, Beverly could be subject to up to two weeks of quarantine. Marvin Bagley's right foot injury will keep him out of the entire restart of the NBA season in Orlando, although he is expected to make a full recovery. Jonathan Isaac and Markel Fultz won't play in Wednesday's scrimmage for the Orlando Magic. Isaac still dealing with his knee injury. Fultz dealing with COVID-19. And in the NFL, according to a report on ESPN.com from Dan Graziano, if and when 
NFL training camps open next week as currently scheduled. Team rosters will include a maximum of 80 players as opposed to the usual 90 in an effort to help enforce social distancing measures in team facilities. This is according to sources who were on an NFL PA players call Tuesday night discussing details of the league's latest proposal on coronavirus protocols. Sources also said to Dan Graziano and other reporters, the NFL and the union officially agreed Tuesday to the league's plan to drop all preseason games for the 2020 season. I'm Dan Straffer, and this has been your Sports Grid News Update. Back in, everybody, to the early line. Thanks, Dan, for the update. Kevin, opening day is tomorrow, okay? And we are excited. And our partners over at FanDuel have put out some season special bets that I want to go through with you now because let's try and find a way to win a little bit of money here and find the edge that's what we do on sports grid and kev you know we've talked about how this season is going to be unique in so many different ways for a reliever win a cy young because someone pitched to a sub one era we've talked about some other ratio stats and i think some of these bets in the season specials area on FanDuel are real interesting first i want to do a little basic math with you kev because i know we got to be on the same page here the season's going to be 60 games. When I take 60 and I multiply it by two and a half, I get to 150. Now, 150 is not 162, but a lot of players wind up playing about 153 games, 150 games, something like that. So my general rule of thumb is I would take whatever guys get now and multiply it by two and a half to see if that would be like a normal total. Okay, and so I ask, I say that because have one of these season special bets is will a player get 20 home runs? And so I got to wonder, right, like when I prorated and things of that nature, I'm like, I don't know what kind of number is 20 home runs over a 60 game season. That's where I use my multiply by two and a half factor, right? 60 would get to me to 150 games, 20 home runs. That would be 50 home runs in a normal season. And I believe Pete Alonso was the only guy to do that. But yes, it was in fact done. So when I ask you, will a player hit 20 home runs? That's an interesting prorated question. But Kevin, I know you have seen movement in this market. Absolutely. And by the way, for anybody that is not a mathematician like Dane, just use a calculator. It is 2.7. Okay. 60. I'm trying to no, no, no. What I'm saying is, for me, Yesterday, I was like, what's it, like times four? And you're like, no, 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 stop. You know what I mean? So I just, I'm just on the calculator now, Dane. It is 2.7. We've, we've, we've crunched Five. the numbers, right? Now, here's the thing with this, with this. I almost said the Pete Alonso market, but he's very relevant when it comes to this. Will a player hit 20 or more home runs? It was plus 115. It is now moved to minus 150. And here is a big reason why. So, yes, when you prorate it, you see that it is in play. But this is the thing. If guys can get close, over 162 game span. That's really enough because then that would beg the question, what about in a 60 game stretch? They probably did it. And here's the best thing that I can tell you that would give you some excitement. Last year, Pete Alonso hit 20 home runs in his first 60 games. Like mm. that's and, and he didn't even hit a home run in his first three games. So that's not he had a 60 game stretch where he hit 20 home runs. That's not, you know, he had a 65-game stretch where he hit 20. His first 60 games last year, he hit 20 home runs. And I don't think he's going to be the only one looking for the long ball. And here's the other thing. I mean, 
again, I think we've talked, we, you know, Aaron Judge just hit another home run. Like, the yeah. way the balls are flying out right now, right? Because, I, you know, it's seemingly in the heat of the summer, the ball tends to have a bit more travel on it. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think we're going to play the first month of baseball, and you're going to have multiple people in double digits here, Dane. So, you know, unfortunately, it's now minus 150. Are you too late to the market? Maybe. But it's also, I think, one of the most enjoyable bets you can make <laughs> when it comes to the futures market. No, genuinely. Like, I think about the 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 30 for 30 on Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa that recently oh, yeah. came out. Like, the idea of just watching a home run race and how fun that is. The idea that you now have every player in, the, uh, in, in baseball, right, on your side, <laughs> and every single home run is a good thing for you, like, that sounds like an enjoyable bet to me. Sure, it's like betting the over, right, in the game when you're just looking for the option. It's a much better place to be cheering for that offense. Remember, you brought up uh, the 30-30, right? Take, do dig the long ball. Yes, Pete Alonso with 53 homers last year would be the only guy who got to that level. Kev, we could do the same kind of math for some of these other bets. In RBIs, for example, right, the number they're hanging is 51 and a half. When I do that same logic of two and a half, when I do the round numbers of 50, that's going to get me to somewhere in the high 120s, okay? You can do that math if you want, right, with the actual calculator. But when we talk about the high 120s as what it would be to be prorated, Anthony Rendon led Major League Baseball last year with 126 ribbies. Jose Abreu with 123. So we're right around the same number. Do you think anybody gets hot for this 60-game stretch? Yeah, again, so this is another spot where over at the FanDuel Sportsbook, you know, I don't know if they were going off of a different calculator. I'm not sure if maybe they didn't realize that people were looking to bet overs. We've seen five RBIs tacked on to this. Like, forget juice, right? We went from plus 115 to minus 150. That's a considerable move when you think about the uh, will a player have 20 or more home runs market. We added five RBIs, and it's still minus 135 to go over this number. And I still think the only way you really can bet it is over because the way guys can come out hot. I mean, Nolan Arenado feels like he has like 80 RBIs at the break all the time anyway. You know what I mean? Like, I, leg- I, right. I, I think the only way you can play it is over. The only question is, Dane, you know, and I know there's a lot of people like this where they've lost the value. Can I, can you still really bet over if they've now tacked on five more RBIs? Are you just too late to the window here? You might be. If you are only caring about value and getting the best number, then maybe this is now a pass and you just missed your opportunity and you try to find another. But there is no shortage of options here with our friends at FanDuel in the season specials tabs. We talked about it in home runs. We talked about it in RBIs. Let's do the same math and the same process with hits. The number they're hanging right now is 81 and a half. I'm going to do that rough math. You can break out the calculator, Kev. That's around 80, two and a half gets me to 160 plus another 40 is 200 even because it was really 2.7 and really 81 and a half. I'm going to say this number with your math of 2.7, Kev, is really right around 205, something like that, low 200s. When I look at the league leader last year in hits, it was Kansas City Royal infielder Whit Merrifield. He had right there on the number last year, Kev, 206 hits. Raphael Devers, the young stud corner infielder of the Red Sox, 
the only other player in the major leagues to get over that 200 hit plateau at 201. What do you think about this number standing at 81 and a half? Yeah, so this is, again, another spot here. This number was 73 and a half hits. Eight hits tacked on to this number, Dane. That's yeah. a lot of hits, man. Like, that's a, that is a lot, right? And, yeah. you know, I actually went through this number, um, you know, kind of when it was initially on the board, and I was kind of going through the pro rating, and you need, you know, at the time, the 73 and a half, you needed, I think it was like 199 hits. And which was, for the most part, always achieved throughout this season, um, except for 2018, which was odd because it was a bit more recent. We hadn't seen it. But you pretty much had to go back out to the lockout season, Dane, where you didn't have somebody have a 199-hit season. But now that we've, you know, we've tacked on an extra eight hits, again, I just I almost wonder if you go against the grain here because it's still minus hmm. 130 to get over this number. And maybe you go against the grain at minus 105. It's just the – I don't know how you bet over when the, it was 73-and-a-half to open and you're now showing up and it's 81-and-a-half. I, I mean, like, if you wanted to go and bet the Chiefs, right, against the, tech and the, the Texans laying, you know, 10 points, right, and you get to the window and they're now laying 17, you're either turning back around or betting the Texans. So <sighs> – that's kind of what I feel like we're staring at here when it comes to the hits pop. You know, Kev, we've talked about the ratio stats before, the idea of ERA, whip, can someone hit 400? We had that as a poll question. But the one that intrigues me the most in this market, Kev, I got to tell you, is the strikeout pop. Okay? Over 105 is the one. And the reason I think this is the number that I'm actually going to play would be the under, Kev. Okay? Because yeah. when we talk about the Multiply by 2.7, whatever it is, right? When you get to 105, we're talking, Kev, about like a 260 strikeout pace, okay? And while that may be something that Garrett Cole, Max Scherzer, and others have done before, what about the other nugget that we know about this season, Kev? The idea that a lot of starting pitchers are not going to go the route. Even these guys like Cole, like Scherzer, who are used to throwing eight, nine innings a start, I don't know that they're going to pitch all that way because they haven't ramped up, right? I think the opportunity, the amount of innings they pitch we've talked about will be less. So then by association to me, the strikeouts will be less DH in the National League as well. I think there's a lot of reason to think that no pitcher will go above that total. Of all these, the one I like the most would be the under 105.5 strikeout mark. Yeah, and I think it's it's probably your best option. Now, there's been a little bit of movement here. This uh, wasn't even, I think, minus 110 on both sides initially. Uh, the movement, though, certainly has come on the under. It's understandable why. And let me just say that I think sometimes you have to ask yourself when you're kind of looking at these markets, right, of like, if you like the over, well, why? Who do you think is going to throw 106 strikeouts? Because I think a lot of people, Dane, might tell you that, oh, I think Garrett Cole. Okay, well, is, is there anybody else that you think could get to that number? Because if not, right, there's then another way basically to bet that market, and it's who will lead baseball in strikeouts. Garrett Cole is the plus 230 favorite to lead baseball in strikeouts. Now, I know sometimes people don't like betting the favorites. Plus 230 is plus 230, and it's a heck of a lot better than minus 105. So if you're somebody who likes the over, right, 
unless you think it's because a bunch of guys are going to fly over this number, which for all of the reasons you've listed, I doubt that's how anybody is seeing this market. I think maybe just taking Garrett Cole to lead baseball in strikeouts and the under over here on this spot, you can come away with both passion. Fair enough. You know me. I'm going to look at some of those pitchers in the central divisions, the Barrioses, the Clevengers, the Castillos of the world, the big-time strikeout pitchers in that division may have easier lineups to go through. When we come back, we talk golf with our guy, Stewart. We check out air. He gave us a winner. Let's see. When we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back in, everybody, here on the early line where we go around the world of sports and put the fun in functional sports content. It is a Wednesday, and so we got a golf tournament to look at. The 3M Open, I believe, is getting going uh, starting tomorrow, and we bring in our guy, Cam Stewart. Cam has been hot. The very first thing I do when I see Cam is I look at his hair, and I see how much it is growing. Cam, the Spaniard, became number one in the world, hit a crazy chip shot, and I believe it was 15. The ball moved a little bit, but it didn't impact the win. John Rahm at the top of the leaderboard. I believe, Cam, he was part of the six-pack. How are you doing? How's those curly locks of yours? Glug, 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 glug. Oh, you got it, buddy. Yeah, you got it. They went down nice and smooth. Uh, you know what the best thing is, hey, Dane? No ramen noodles with John Rahm. Let's upgrade hey. the steak and seafood and lobster tails at your boy uh, Clyde's place. I'm having a good time, man. Golf's been great. And I'll tell you one thing, though. If John Rahm had the rules official say, hey, John, uh, what happened there with that ball? Uh, you moved it. He probably would have got a driver over the back of his uh, at the back of his head. And the funny thing is, if Ryan Palmer made a few putts, it could have been interesting. This guy had an eight-shot lead. And trust me, I started to sweat it out a little bit. But uh, it was a nice cushion, guys. We got him at 22-1 to 1 on FanDuel. That was a great price. And uh, Rom's one of those guys we have to look for. He's very consistent. He's ranked the number one player in the world. I'm not sure if I'd say he's the best, but I definitely have him in my top three or four. He's a guy that I look for in majors, too because he has a complete game. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Cam, I want to ask you also, we're going to talk about the 3M Open for sure, but I also see, you know, like, the PGA Championship is on the horizon only, what, like two weeks away? Yeah, so major time. How in the zone, at least, where players may be skipping this tournament purposely, just working on some things that they really care about from two weeks from now? Are we going to start to see differences in what we see this week based on the major that's on the horizon? Yeah, it really surprised me. I, I got one shocker, guys. I'm surprised Brooks Kepka's there. Uh, if you looked at his Sunday score, he almost shot in like an 80. He was horrible. Like he bogeyed every hole. He didn't look right. He's still talking about his leg, his knee. I don't understand why he's even at the 3M. And, uh, you know, when we talk about betting stuff, guys, I'm telling you, this guy might withdraw. If things don't go well and, you, and he hits one ball 
and we have Finau versus him or another matchup bet. I'm fading Brooks Kepka this week. I don't understand it. This guy gets used to majors. I, I Maybe he's trying to work some through, through some things at the 3M, but this is a weekend field. Him and DJ and Tommy Fleetwood comes back from uh, England. Those are the top guys in the field. There's no Rory. There's no Tiger. There's no Bryson DeChambeau, even Webb Simpson. Like a lot of these other guys, uh, they're taking the week off. They're working towards the major. It really shocks me for a guy that's playing injured is coming to a lower grade tournament like the 3M. Hey, you still get money, but I'm really surprised because Brooks Kepka always works his game towards the majors before we move to the 3m i'd be remiss if i didn't ask you cam about the guy who was matched up with kepka for a lot of the week in tiger woods he mm -hmm. came out he was all right he certainly went over that first round score prop that we sure did buddy and the fanduel sports book <laughs> was off and he sure did um and also right there that odds boost uh the fanduel sports book was offering almost became a big uh money spot for them he almost missed the cut he did make it I mean, look, the, the course was brutal. I looked at, I think only five, four or five golfers had uh, under par on that, that last day um, at the Memorial. But what did you think about Tiger seeing him back um, for the first time in quite some time? I got to tell you, uh, he did a little, even a little bit better than I thought. That course was killer on Sunday. You said it. This thing played like a major. Uh, Matthew Fitzpatrick, a guy that I had in the six-pack, he worked his way from like 66 back into the top four because of a strong Sunday. But let's talk about Tiger. Uh, his driving is still good. The one thing that I noticed, his wedge control was a little bit off. And as you get older, the one thing you know when your guy, a guy's in the mid-40s, it's just missing putts. Tiger Woods was burning edges all weekend long. But I'm telling you guys, he's hitting the ball straight. I think his body can hold up. The iron play has been fantastic. Other than a couple distances, and that comes with rust. Basically, he's got golf rust right now, but he had the shots when he needed to, when he was in trouble. He hit the safe spot, and he's driving the ball straight. Tiger, a few years ago, couldn't hit a fairway. That was a problem. So I'm telling you guys, he will be a factor of the majors, especially at Augusta. He could play that course blindfolded and shoot under par. <laughs> Fair enough, Cam. Well, let's turn our... <laughs> to the 3M this week. We talked a lot about last week. We talked a lot about the majors. We're going to get your six-pack in a minute. But first, I want to feel, from a general standpoint, what is this course like? Who does this course favor? I always ask you this. Is it the long hitters? Is it the guys with irons who keep it in the fairway, hit the greens in regulation? Is everyone in play? Or do you need to be a bomber on this course this week for the 3M Open? I know you and Walsh, you guys, uh, we all like basketball. Let's call this one the NBA All-Star uh -huh. Game. Minus 28 will win this tournament. If you want to go low and see points <laughs> and birdies, the 3M's your tournament. Basically, this course has no defense. Like it's, a, it's an average length course, just over 7,400 yards. Bombers will do well. The only thing defense it has, because it has wide fairways, easy greens, I don't think the pin placements are going to be that tough because they want these guys to go low. The only defense it has is water. It has 15, 15 holes out of the 18 have water. So if you start to spray it a little bit, that could be a problem. But I'll tell you guys, a lot of different players come into factor. But I would look at a guys who hit it longer. Last year, uh, shout out to my boy Joe Ranieri, Oklahoma State's own Matthew. Oh, 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 oh the Wolfman <laughs> got it done. The pride of Oklahoma State. And I'll tell you something. I got another guy from Oklahoma State in my six-pack who was in a similar situation last year. He wasn't 125 to 1, but he's lingering around the 65 to 70 to 1 mark. Let me also quickly, before we, we do dive in, about two mm -hmm. other guys that are at the top. Dustin Johnson is the favorite, who, yep. by the way, I went against last week on a, uh, a matchup. Good pick. It was so, ter so terrible. It, it wasn't <laughs> yeah. even the guy. I can't even remember the guy I backed. 
I think it might have been yeah. Vanderstaff. <laughs> I can't three, even remember. He, he beat yeah, everybody. Like DJ was so <laughs> he lost terrible. Everybody. <laughs> and then, and then there's Tony Finau, who mm. you know you think about last week, and it's like, okay, he was fantastic. I can my heart breaks for anybody that had top five Tony Finau bets after the way he started and losing those because he shot you know six over on that final day. The, considering you just said you're not in love with Brooks Kepka, the top of this field maybe is not the, the way to go when it comes to this tournament? It's a good question. Um, Tony Finau is a guy, if you want to get back onto him, a lot of people are going to get off him. What's Tony's mm-hmm. problem? He can't close a tournament. Once he starts thinking about all the good things he's done, he, he gets in his own head. I, I really hate to say it because he's probably one of the nicer guys on tour. People love him and guys are cheering for him. He needs to see a shrink. Like He needs to get over that because when it comes to power, short game, touch, Tony Finau is a world-class player. He can be a top 10 player in the world, but there's a mental block. This week, though, easy course. Can he bounce back? I don't know. I'll tell you one thing, though, guys. If I had matchup bets, even DJ against Kepka, Tony Finau against Kepka, Tommy Fleetwood, I would go that route because if anything happens with Brooks Kepka, he will withdraw from this tournament to, to get ready for the majors, and that's easy money. You think you won easy money, Kev, put it with the Dustin Johnson bets last week? You can have this one cashed in the first round. But I'm saying I actually like Tony Finau. I can't bet everybody in this tournament. I took one guy at chalk, but other than that, guys, I started my bets around 35 to 1. That's where I'm going to go with this tournament. Matthew Wolf won it last year. I think he was 120 or 125 to 1 when he uh, had a victory here. Wow, absolutely. Well, check this out. So Cam is already telling you maybe in those matchup bets we want to fade Brooks Kepka because a withdrawal is an easy cash. But, you know, Cam, a wise man once told me you can't drink all day if you don't start in the morning. So right here, bright and early. Um, that's, my, that's my motto, Dave. It used to be anyways. <laughs> Who do you got this week for the 3M? Well, guys, I'm going to tell you, we're going to dig a little bit deeper at the 3M, but I love this thing. We're going to start things off with Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, Tommy Fleetwood, uh, he is 16 to 1 here. It's his debut, but I also I went on social media and saw, guys, he shot a 64 at Carnoustie. And I could tell you something. If he shot a 64 at Carnoustie, he'll shoot a 57 at this course. So Tommy <laughs> Fleetwood, I think the form is going to be fine. Give him to me at 16 to 1. Let's talk about Lucas Glover at 35 to 1. Four of the last five tournaments, top 25s, guys, don't sleep on Lucas Glover, 35. You guys want angles? Well, call me the protractor. Eric Von Rowan, people are like, yeah, 36 mm. to 1. He's been bet down on FanDuel from 45. He also went to the University of Minnesota. His wife is from the area. This is a home game for him. Even though there's not going to be fans, very comfortable in his own bed. Uh, a lot of other things he has in his favor this week. Also, second in strokes gained approach, so he's hitting the ball quite well. He's starting to trend in the right direction at 36 to 1. Once in a while, you got to go with the statistics and, and the DFS stuff, but you also have to go with hunches. And Ryan Moore, my boy Moops, it's Moore's, you idiot. No, it's Moops. Ryan Moore, <laughs> 60 to 1. It's a hunch play. But uh, I think Ryan Moore's trending in the right direction. He's the type of guy that'll keep it in play, go low. And if his putter's hot, he can have an 8 9 under round very easily. Now, this one's for our boy uh, Joe Ranieri, part two. Christopher Ventura, not not our boy Ventura at work, but Ventura for you, for, for you, Kev, Jesse the Body Ventura from Oklahoma yes. State at sixty-five to one. Watch out for this kid, another Norwegian 
who goes to Oklahoma State, the same as he's basically Victor Hovland Jr. Sneaky last two events, a top 20, 21st. Nobody's really talking about Chris Ventura. Yeah, there's a reason he's 65 to 1, not 100, because he's a damn good golfer. That's why. And my uh, big kind of medium scud missile this week is Dylan Fratelli, 80 to 1. He finished 8th at the Heritage, 22nd last week, and got to meet his idol, Jack Nicholas, last week. He'll be in good spirits. He can also go low. Dylan Fratelli, 80 to 1. That's the final beverage in the six pack. I absolutely love it. As I continue to do, you know, get more and more familiar, Cam, right, with yeah. uh, betting in the golf world, um, the make or miss cut is always interesting. And it I'm sure is. Now, when it comes to Kepka, who is plus 280 to miss the cut, now if he withdraws, hmm. is that a no bet or am I cashing out? Great question, Kev. I'm glad you actually asked this question. If he hits one shot, you win. If he withdraws wow. before the tournament, it's a it's a void. And be careful with your sports book too. Like uh, FanDuel, they've been fantastic too. Hey, they cash out guys when they make mistakes. Hey man, I want the Denver Broncos. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay, sure, we'll cash your ticket. I'm like, I have a, I have a good idea. <laughs> They'll give you your money back when they're giving away money for mistakes uh, on, on computers. So make sure this: if he hits one shot and withdraws. That's 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 in that's in play. He's in the tournament. You get the money. If he withdraws before, it's a void bet. You'll get your money back. Well, thanks a lot for spending a couple of minutes with us. You call him the protractor. If you're following him, your wallet will start to be at an obtuse angle instead of an acute angle after getting all the good stuff from and Stewart, he gave you the six-pack. We'll check in on them. You'll come on back a little bit uh, next week and keep it rolling, huh, Cam? You got it, guys. I'll come in, too. We got hockey and basketball right around the corner. So, yeah, we'll talk a little bit longer, have some fun, and good luck with your picks. We've hit four in the last five weeks. Let's keep the train rolling. Absolutely, Cam. Thanks for spending a couple of minutes with us here on the early line. And, Kev, Cam is right, okay, on a number of things. One, we're going to be double, triple, quadruple booked, you know, pretty soon when there's baseball, there's basketball, there's hockey. There's still going to be the MLS tournament finishing up a lot of stuff. But very interesting there about Brooks Koepka, right, um, Kev? If he does withdraw, as soon as he starts the tournament, if he gets off on that first tee box, right, and then ultimately withdraws, you cash them all. Any matchup bet, yeah. any no Koepka, very interesting way to play because at least our guy Cam thinks that this is a bad And what's really interesting, and this is why it's so valuable to get to talk to someone like Cam, is I saw Brooks it's kind of like one of these names doesn't belong here when you look at the the group of guys that are playing at 3M. And Brooks just stands out, right? And I started to wonder, like, oh, maybe he's here to prove a point because he was terrible last week right. at the Memorial. And I was like, oh, well, maybe if he's here to prove a point, then he's going to ball out. But maybe he just wants to see if he can get his feet under him. But if he can't, then it's deuces. Plus 280. For the guy who's tied for second best odds to win this tournament, to miss the cut, that's an attractive bet. Yeah, and that's why I asked Cam also about how these guys are getting ready for a major right now. Kepka deciding to shove all in, maybe with this well as part of that prep. Very interesting. When we come back, we finish off another episode of the early. I'm back right after this.
sportsgrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. Sportsgrid.com. Welcome back into the early line here on SportsGrid. Kev, I was going to give out my play. It was going to be those Red Bulls because I need them to win to keep NYC live. When I checked it, they were plus 100. I look now, they're minus 105. So, Kev, should I bet it or should I just bet the draw as karma? Because if that's what happens to bet hmm. NYC out, at least I hit a plus 220 number. What do you think, Kev? I mean, listen, it, I thought about this one. So the Giants were playing the Eagles. <laughs> on Thursday night football, and I'm like, ah, should I just bet the Giants here? And that way, at least I w-. And I'm like, nope, you know what? There's right. no hard in that. Don't do it, Dan. You don't You've moved the lines game. early in the morning. People All are like, right. the right. statistician said bet the Red Bulls. I'm betting the Red Bulls. You better be with them. All right, I'm not going to hedge with my emotion. The morning after is up next here on Sports Grid. Jared and Ariel will be giving you the edge. And so we have a minute here with Ariel Epstein. Ariel, I got to tell you, we talked a lot of baseball today. We are excited. Opening day is tomorrow. And at least we know the Blue Jays will have a home. It looks like they're going to be playing their games in Pittsburgh. Fortunately for the Toronto Blue Jays, they didn't have to worry about opening day at home the first game of the season. The Blue Jays had about five days to worry about it. That's the only thing that went in the Blue Jays' luck. Honestly, I think this is an unfortunate situation for a very young Toronto team. I'm happy for them, though, that they at least don't have to go into their first game of the season wondering where home is. Fair enough. We yeah, got about 30 uh, Ariel, left. I was just going to ask, Ariel, what else you guys got coming up uh, on TMA? Yeah, we have a stacked show. We have Tim Murray coming on from NBC Sports. He's going to break down Major League Baseball for us since he is in D.C. Kevin Walsh, Walsh Wednesday. I'll see you in a few. We have a lot to break down, including a ton about opening day as well. Absolutely. Well, here on the grid, we just had Cam come on giving a golf preview, so keep it locked. On Sports Grid, we give you the edge. The early line is in the books. Have no fear. Jared and Ariel in the morning after is up next right here. Sports Grid. Have a great day, everybody. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.